Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Cosmos, Cosmos Space-Time Odyssey, and Cosmos Possible Worlds. Cosmos Episode 5, titled Blues for a Red Planet. Uh, Yet another very, very good episode, all about Mars and all of its wonder and mystery and glory. And let me just say right at the top, Carl Sagan opened this episode in the best possible way. Like, he opened this in the best, most cosmos way he possibly could have. Immediately. Right, like, in the first second. Like, just no time wasted. Got right into the science fiction stories of men from Mars that have captured people's imaginations about that planet for... Pretty much the entire history of science fiction storytelling. Uh, The tales of Martians, Martian invaders, uh, tales of going to Mars that have sort of gotten a lot of people, including him, as he spent some time talking about, uh, interested in that planet in the first place. Uh, Those stories that got people's imagination stirring and sort of drummed up interest in... Like, exploring that planet, seeing what's going on there, maybe going there one day. All the stories from War of the Worlds to John Carter and all that. Uh, I will say, minor nitpick time, I do question the decision to have, like, this unedited excerpt from War of the Worlds just read aloud without comment, for what felt like five minutes. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like that scene was a bit superfluous. I I feel like that could have been cut out, and nothing would have been lost. It did feel like they were padding for time on that. But, 
whatever. Worse things have happened in worse shows. But we get into that fascination with Mars, and we sort of use that as a jumping off point to, okay, now I got your attention, now I have your attention, like those science fiction stories got your attention. Uh, let's talk about the reality of Mars. Let's talk about the actual history of Martian exploration and what actually is on Mars. And we start with this, like, kind of cautionary tale of not letting your imagination run wild uh, with astronomer called, with this astronomer called Lowell, who looked up at Mars, made some observations, and, uh, Basically picked and chose exactly what he wanted to see. And from there speculated wildly about a collapsing Martian civilization. And like literally the second we got more detailed observation, he got proven wrong. Like instantly. Uh, And he shows this cautionary tale of like, hey, this is great for fiction. But for reality... We need to look at facts. For reality, we need to look at what's actually there rather than what we want to see. Lowell got caught up in what he wanted to see and just started speculating wildly. And so we get into the reality. Uh, They tell the story of Goddard creating the rocket, like starting the basic principles of getting rockets off the ground, and eventually sort of starting the chain reaction of history that would eventually lead to Men on the Moon and all that. Uh, And that sequence is done very, very well. Uh, Carl Sagan goes through that in a really spectacular way. Uh, We talk about the Viking probes uh, that landed on Mars and sort of did initial tests, and the rovers that uh, explore the Martian the Martian landscape, and just sort of wander around exploring the planet. And from this, we get into the tests that we've run to determine whether or not there's actually life, whether or not life actually exists on Mars. And basically, the answer is... I think not? We're... Pretty sure no, but, eh. Like, there's definitely not a human-like civilization, or certainly not a more advanced than human civilization, as our science fiction stories speculate. But, like, there could easily be some form of life that isn't based off of organic molecules, although Carl Sagan goes on this whole tangent of, like, I highly doubt that. Uh, What's special about the organic life is just how all these organic molecules uh, combine. It's just so intricate and perfect. Like, I can't uh, imagine, like, a silicon-based life form or anything like that. That just seems too out there for me. Uh, so, maybe the Carl Sagan doubts it. Uh, there could be, like, microbial life that is just too small to see. Uh, kind of how life on Earth started. Like, very easily could be that. Uh, Mars could, like, sport life in that fashion. By the way, uh, totally skipped over this. 
But in his talk about how, like, just intricate and perfect and, like, just entirely... Entirely universal, the building blocks of life as we know them as on Earth are. Like, he basically takes all the things that make a human. Like, this amount of carbon, this amount of water, this amount of that, 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 this, that, and the other thing. And just like, let me pour them in a container. Foom. Ah, human didn't pop out. Oh well. Like, it, it was just the exact perfect right conditions... For life to sprout. For all these chemicals to combine in the right way that form life. And pretty much everything on Earth has those same building blocks in those exact proportions. Which makes Carl Sagan believe. "Mm, I, I, I doubt there's other life forms that are made of something that isn't the organic molecules. We know. Not gonna completely deny it. But doubt it. Uh... That is a really cool, that is a really cool moment where Carl Sagan tries and fails to make a human. Uh, (laughs) uh, But we basically are seeing, like, very, very little, very minuscule, uh, even hints that maybe, kind of, sort of, there's life. And even that is just, like, vague as all hell and could be easily, like, something else, some uh, different chemical reaction in Martian soil and all that. Like, we just... We've definitely ruled out the humanoid civilization. That's definitely not a thing. But for more simplistic life, still up in the air. And while we're talking about, like, the Viking probes and the rover and all that, like, Carl Sagan gets into this story of this man called Vishniak, a friend of his who actually worked on one of the Viking probes. Uh, He developed this technology that was supposed to initially go into the probe. Budget cuts that was left uh, off the final product. And in response, Vishniak just went, I'm going to do my own research with blackjack and hookers. And <laughs> just said, you know what? If I can't explore Mars, I'm going to do the next best thing. Antarctica. And he went down to Antarctica with his technology. Uh, examined the Antarctic landscape for life. Tragically died in the process. Apparently he wandered off, uh, slipped and fell, and was killed. But they examined his research, and turns out there is life in Antarctica. Turns out there is, like, life sprouting in the Antarctic landscape. So it is not as barren or as devoid of life as people up to that point thought it was. And it's like a nice little story that Carl Sagan put in there for his friend. Uh, But we end on... This question of what do we do with Mars once it's fully explored? Uh, And Carl Sagan flat out says, like, if there's life on Mars, no, nothing. Don't do it. Leave it alone. Let it sprout however it will. Uh, Prime directive this bitch. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Put that on a shirt. (laughs) 
Put that on his shirt. Just my quote, prime directive, this bitch. <laughs> Make that. <laughs> uh, but if there isn't life on Mars, if life is, if Mars is truly a barren wasteland, uh, then he goes to the idea of like, maybe men live on Mars. Like, we already sort of have this idea. Uh, actually, this might have been part of the update, because uh, there is another Cosmos 10 years later update on this. Uh, it might have been in the update where he said this, but there are ideas of, like, maybe sending humans to Mars uh, in an exploratory capacity. Maybe we have people live there, and maybe we do all these things of, like, melting the Martian ice caps to let out the Martian atmosphere that's trapped within... Uh, and bring the water to areas where life can support, evolve, like, dark plants that, that can survive in the Martian atmosphere, uh, or the lack thereof. Uh, maybe, like, do this, this, is this. Like, maybe start terraforming and uh, start that hundreds, maybe thousands of year process, like, spanning the generations. Like, we could do all these things. And on that question mark of what the future of Mars might be, we're done. That's the end of the episode. That's the end of this lovely trip to Mars uh, in Carl Sagan's spiky ball of death. Uh, <laughs> it really is. It, wow, that that ship of imagination. Like, the Tyson one is objectively better in every way. <laughs> it really, really is. Uh, anyway... Uh, yeah, solid exploration of the wonder of Mars. If you like this, favorite podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, On Monday, we will be discussing Cosmos Episode 6. Talk to you then.